I had well over 200 projects on my list and every project probably had five to 10 action steps on them. So my to-do list was literally wake up, prioritize, you know, the, the 70 things that I, that I quote needed to do that day. And then by the end of the day, still have 60 of them left to do. And I've added 20 more things on the list. And so it was just this never ending battle of, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough energy. Uh, and really this scarcity mentality mm -hmm. of, um, you know, sh and, and shame on me mentality. Like what's wrong with me that I can't get everything done. And the truth is there will always be more to do than you can get done in a single day. In fact, if you get to the end of the day and you're like, I've checked everything off of every list, then, then you're probably dead at that point, right? right like right. we will always have more to do. Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, episode 669. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. I almost forgot my podcast name. You know we're not about perfection here. Sometimes I forget my own name. I barely ever know how to pronounce the guest name properly, but today that won't be difficult. I'm here with Garland Vance, and I want to share with you that I wish we had had a conversation four years ago, but I don't even know, Garland, if you would have been able to have the same conversation four years ago. Would you? No, I think I would have been able to tell you a little bit about my experience, but I don't think we could have had as rich and as meaningful of a conversation as we're going to have. Yeah. So Garland and I, well, we met a couple of weeks ago, just going to be totally honest with you listeners and just realized, yeah, we need to have this episode. But if you haven't already heard previous episodes, episode number five talks about sleep. And actually, if you are sleep deprived, just pause this podcast right now and go take a nap. And I am not even kidding because episode five talks about how I had serious sleep deprivation in Garland. You and I didn't really even jump into that, but four years ago was the ultimate low in my journey. I was so, so sleep deprived that I was suicidal. Oh, wow. And yeah, that was, uh, God saved me. That's all I can mm. say is God saved me. But yeah. it took me another three years to stop being busy. And that's what we're going to talk to you about today. The listener who is too busy, like you don't even know how you are listening to this episode. You don't know how you clicked over here. You know, it's in your queue or it popped up on your YouTube. This episode is for you. So Garland is the episode, yeah, is the episode, is the author, let me try that again, of Getting Unbusy, which I am maybe a, an eighth of the way through because it's been a busy week in yeah. my house. I mean, it's, I'm just going to timestamp it. Okay. It's, it's August of 2020. I've got a kid who surprisingly made the varsity soccer team. So oh, that's are, awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm just like, okay, are we actually going to have games this year? <laughs> yeah. But if we don't, that wouldn't be bad for my calendar. But at the same time, like I've been reading your book, it's, you talk about missing that winning soccer goal. I missed dozens and dozens of winning soccer goals because I wasn't even at the game because I was saying yes to every other thing. Yeah. Garland, would you mind diving in? And I love the story that you shared like yeah. right at the beginning of the book. So would you mind diving into how you 
how you came to write the book. Sure. So, um, so I've always been a, a, a type A personality. I mean, when you talk about productivity, I, I promise that's like my middle name is I just love productivity. I love getting things done. Um, I love feeling like I'm, I'm making progress toward things. Um, you know, my wife asked me years ago, how do you define a good day? And I said, oh, a good day is defined by the number of tasks I check off my list. Uh. But if you go back to 2013, I started having all of these physical problems and, and to the point where I started getting really scared and decided I'm going to go see my doctor. So I go see Dr. Tate and uh, I say, listen, doc, I've got a, a lot of things going on. And, and he says, well, tell me what's going on. And I said, well, well, first I'm having chronic migraine headaches, about three migraine headaches a week where I just have to go to bed and sleep. That's the only thing that I can do. Said second, I'm having heart palpitations. I'll literally be sitting at my desk checking email. And all of a sudden I start pouring sweat. My heart starts racing. I don't know what in the world is going on. Said that the third problem that I'm having is I'm having all of this forgetfulness. My wife and I will have a conversation about something really important. And the next day she'll reference it. And I'll have no idea what she was talking about. But now, Kim, at that moment, he stopped me and he said, Garland, that's called being a man. I'm not real concerned about that one. But but what else? I was just about to say, that sounds like every single day in my house. Sweetie, (laughs) I love you. By the way, my husband was the most recent subscribers to my YouTube. So there's a chance. That's (laughs) awesome. That's awesome. But he's like that. Um, He'll just forget. Yeah. Yeah. So so the doctor was like, I'm not really concerned with with that one, but, you know, tell me what else is is going on. And so uh, I, I began to, to just talk about the, the um, exhaustion that I was having. I would wake up exhausted. I would go to bed exhausted. It didn't matter how much I slept. I was tired all the time. And, and you know, the worst part was I wasn't telling him about how I was doing emotionally. I wasn't telling him about, about how I was frustrated with my children and, 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 and um, disengaging in my relationship with my wife. And, and so all of a sudden, you know, Dr. Tate said to me, you know, Garland, this sounds pretty bad. Tell me about your life. And I said, oh, I've got a really good life. It's just really busy, right? And how many of us say that all the time, right? Somebody asks us, how I are you I never say that. <laughs> <laughs> People, it's just so common where, you know, you run into a friend at, at, at um, Starbucks or something and all of a sudden, you know, you say, how are you? And they say, I'm good. I'm just really busy. So I said, oh, I've got this good life. I'm just really busy. And he said, well, tell me what busy means. And I started telling him about my 50 to 60 hour work weeks that I was doing with one of Chick-fil-A's nonprofits, the the 10 to 20 hours a week I worked on my doctorate in leadership that I was working on at the time, uh, having young kids at home, three of them, and and them being involved in the community and uh, traveling about 60 days a year between work and school and, and helping out with our church and just began to list out all of these activities and, and once I did, I, I finished and said, you know, like I said, I'm good. I'm just busy. And Dr. Tate looked me in the eye and he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, Garland, I'm concerned for your life. And what's, what's going on? You know, is it a brain tumor? It, you know, do I have some heart disease? What's happening here? And he said, you are killing yourself mm-hmm. and it's, you're, you're stressed out. And the reason that you're stressed is because you're so busy. And I said, but yeah, Dr. Tate, everybody's busy. And he said, I know, and it's killing us all. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was a wake-up call 
of maybe this busyness that I brag about, that we all talk about, maybe it's not as good as I think it is. And so I ended up doing the rest of my doctoral research around this topic of busyness and what it's doing to us physically, mentally, emotionally, and what it's even doing to our productivity and the companies that we work for. And that's how Getting Unbusy came to be. I love it. So, uh, 2000, so that was 2016 where I was 2013. Well, for me, when I was at at the lowest, I love the parallels here. So 2016 was when I started to realize 2018, I still wasn't any better. I was so busy being busy Mm. that I wound up in the ER four times and admitted to the hospital once. Oh, wow. And then at the end of 2019, Yes, I am eight months into being unbusy and I love it. But at the end of 2019, I went to my doctor who's amazing. I would recommend to every listener, and I'm not a healthcare professional, go get your own healthcare advice. But if your doctor doesn't have more than five minutes of time for you, please look for a new doctor. Yeah, they're too busy, right? They're they're so busy that they don't have time to actually provide care for you. Yeah, and my my doctor's amazing. Just shout out to Dr. Luke McCoy, but uh, he he sat down because I went in. Uh, I wanted an anti um, anti anxiety medication. Mm. The an- end of 2019, but I was just so busy being busy, and I was so stressed out. And he actually wrote me a prescription for 30 minutes of exercise a day, five <laughs> days a week. <laughs> I was like. I hate to exercise. He's like, well, how much are you sleeping? How much time are you taking for you? Are you remembering to breathe? Mm. That's been a huge one for me. Yeah. Remembering, like I'll, I'll find myself holding my breath still to this day, but I'm not yeah. busy. I just, yeah, it's what happens when I get into something and I'm like, oh, I wonder when the last time was that I exhaled. <laughs> <laughs> so what, when you finished up your doctorate, and, and uh, so I finished it in 2016. Okay. And, and how was, how was the thesis accepted? Like, so it was accepted uh, really well. Uh, and, uh, you know, so I, you write this academic paper and uh, citing all of these resources and, uh, and I was doing my doctorate in a, in a seminary. So I went to Denver seminary. And so I had to provide not only the the science and the psychology uh, and the physiology, but I also had to provide the the biblical basis for it. And and getting unbusy, the book is not written as a as a Bible book, mm-hmm. but there's a, a whole lot uh, in there that that is influenced by that. And and uh, so I think um, my committee just really walked away saying this is awesome. And I, the the chair of my committee was a guy named John. And, um, and he said, Garland, you've absolutely convinced me that busyness is, is bad. I've read this paper so many times, like busyness is literally killing us and there is something that we can do about it. I don't, I, I don't know my books of the Bible very well, but I was listening to a sermon this past week because I've often thought about if Jesus was stressed. Yeah. Right. But one of the disciples went to get him. Because, and he said, no, I'm going to go, you know, Mm. he's going to go and be by himself for a little bit. And I think that's a struggle for us all. We see that to-do list and we're stressed out of our minds. Uh, I got to the point where I was staying up. I mean, sleep deprivation. I was sleeping 
two to three hours a night, I would be mm. sitting here and I keep on looking, keep on looking over there because that's where my computer was at the time. But I remember falling asleep working so many times, yeah. my eyes would be crossing and I would wake up and it just took so much more time to get anything done because I was exhausted because I was too busy because my mind was everywhere. What did your to-do list look like when you were busy? I mean, was it everything and everything? Anything oh, was, on there? So, so first I would say, you know, I organize everything by projects and uh, David Allen is the author of this book called uh, Getting Things Done. And he talks about that most people have between 50 and 100 projects uh, at any time on their list. I had well over 200 projects on my list and every project probably had five to 10 action steps on them. So my to-do list was literally wake up, prioritize you know, the, the 70 things that I, that I quote needed to do that day. And then by the end of the day, still have 60 of them left uh-huh. to do. And I've added 20 more things on the list. And so it was just this never ending battle of, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough energy. Uh, and really this scarcity mentality mm-hmm. of, um, you know, sh- and, and shame on me mentality. Like what's wrong with me that I can't get everything done. And the truth is there will always be more to do than you can get done in a single day. In fact, if you get to the end of the day and you're like, I've checked everything off of every list, then then you're probably dead at that point, right? right like right. we will always have more to do. But getting unbusy was about first getting a lot of those commitments off my plate so that it became a lot more manageable mentally and physically. But then also beginning to to give a lot of grace and compassion to myself to say, I'm driving hard, I'm pushing hard, and I'm getting a lot done. I'm just not meeting my own expectations. So my expectations need to change. When you said projects earlier, can you define what you mean by projects? Because I think different people interpret that word differently. Yeah. So, uh, so David Allen's definition of projects is it's anything that you have that requires two or more actions uh, to get done. So, um, you know, changing the water filter in your refrigerator could be a project because you have to remove it. You have to buy a new one. You have to install it. You have to reset it. So that could be a project. And I've I've just always been, um, since adulthood, a person who writes down every project and every action item. So I don't have to remember them, but when you're looking and you're going, I have 200 projects that, you know, that, that need to get done. And and I feel like they should all be done yesterday. There's a problem. So I'm, not working on writing my book right now because I, and I can't remember if you and I talked about this before, but my my book is called chronic idea disorder, the entrepreneur's guide to overcoming idea overwhelm. So yeah, I I go into the bathroom and I get another idea. I go into my car and I get another (laughs) idea and it was really dangerous. That's why I wasn't sleeping because I was getting all these ideas and within five minutes, I already have the domain. I've installed Mm. WordPress on the site and it doesn't matter that I already had 40 open projects. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not working on my book right now because I have other projects that I'm working on that I I need to wrap up first. But I went for years in my business because I was so busy being busy on so many projects that I was constantly in the red. Nothing was ever getting completed. Yeah. I was over committing to everybody. I loved what I read in your book about forgetting to pick up the eggs. Yeah. <laughs> it was so busy that I did not hear my daughter one night cracking a whole carton of 18 eggs on the kitchen floor. 
you know, because I was so <laughs> in my head and in everything else. But my to-do list used to be about 60 items. Yeah. Anything that popped up in my head had to go down on paper. Yeah. So this is, okay, there's going to be a cuss word in here. L- listeners, if you have kids, put your earbuds in here. It's not, it's not, a, it's not the F word though. So I, um, I was working with a team member and we realized that we really needed a get shit done list. Mm. That's the cuss word. So yeah. if that's not going to offend Yeah, you can take your earphones out, right? Yeah. <laughs> but so I'm just going to call it the GSD list now. So, and this is so TMI, I'm sorry, but I was, I was writing everything down in there and still I was focusing on the not so important tasks. Mm. And I was, this is last summer. This is about a year ago. I was taking a shower. All the ideas come in a shower in the bathroom. Right. <laughs> but I, I swear to goodness that God spoke to me in the shower and he said, I did not put you here, put the headphones back in. I did not put you here to get shit done. <laughs> my That's God, so good. My God <laughs> swears at me. Okay. And gets the point across. So he said, I put you here to take purposeful prior prioritize purposeful action. So rename mm. those documents now. So mm. I got out of the shower, came out here and renamed the Google Docs where I kept a list. But in that very moment in shifting it from GSD to prioritize purposeful actions, I realized that cleaning out my inbox did not belong on a prioritized purposeful action list. Yeah. It, and it just instantly trimmed itself down. And even now I'm honestly not using the PPA lists. Mm. Um, my friend Debbie and I are doing good, better, best goals for the day. So, at, you know, our good, I have five areas that I focus on. Mm. Wealth building activities, business, spiritual, body, and family. Nice. So I'm focusing on five activ- five tasks at the beginning yeah. of the day. And better, my good, better, best. It. I'm this far into my coffee. Um, <laughs> better, you know, has two for each of those categories and best yeah. has three. And I, I give myself rewards mm. for, you know, for having a whole good week. This yeah. is not going to, this is not going to be a whole good week because I got, <laughs> I got, I got squirreled into something. So, yeah. you know, but I'm doing my best and I'm not going back to giving myself grace. Yeah. That's as long so as I'm good. not squandering my time. Yeah. And I'm good with that. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give the mic back to you for a second, but I also realized I read um Danny Johnson's Spirit Driven Success last year. Okay. You I haven't read, read that, that one. I haven't. It's, it's amazing. And one of the things that she talks about is working as though you do uh, working for God. Mm. And in that moment, it was like an automatic shift because mm. when I'm so busy, I give half focus and half effort to everything because I'm spreading myself so thin. But yeah. the second that, and I have a post-it on my monitor that says work as though for God. So mm. I'm putting my full 100%, okay, 99% effort in um, whenever I'm working now. And it's, yeah. it's so much better. That's awesome. I, I, I tell a story in the book and I think you're going to love this. Um, uh, just the correlation. I actually put uh, took off nine months from writing Getting Unbusy. I had started the process of it and, um, and my family was living in Texas at the time and we had wonderful friends, but we were miserable for everything else. Um, didn't love my job, 
um, didn't love our house, didn't love the neighborhood where we were living. And we had been there about a year and, and just said, this is, this is ridiculous. You know, um, or I guess about two years and said, this is ridiculous. We're, we're miserable. Why are we doing this to ourselves? And so we made the commitment at that time that we were going to move to East Tennessee, which was actually my wife and I's retirement goal. And we were like, why are we going to wait until retirement? Let's move there now and build our lives around the place that we want to live. So anyway, I, here I am, I'm writing this book about getting unbusy and I look and I'm like, okay, we're going to pack a house, sell a house, move, buy a house, move into a house, relocate our kids' schools, build new relationships. And I'm supposed to be writing a book about getting unbusy at the same time. And so I just ended up saying, I'm taking, I'm taking nine months off. And every three months or so, I would reevaluate, is it time to pick up the book? Is it time to pick up the book? And we gave our full attention to the moving process, to getting our business up and running as we were, uh, were moving and put the book on hold. And then nine months later, I came back and, and this just shows you the power of focus. I reread the book and said, I'm not happy with it. And I wrote the first com complete rewrite in four days and just, just really pounded it out those, you know, in, in four days and it took seven more drafts to, to get there. But, but just, just knowing, Hey, it's okay to put that book on hold right now. It's okay to put really big goals on hold because there's other things that are more important for you to do right now. I'm curious as an entrepreneur yourself, how have you determined what goal you're going after? Because I went through a journey of chasing only financial goals you know, and saying yes to everything that involved money. Yeah. And when I finally switched that to doing stuff that felt good, working with people who were good and, and that's open to interpretation for anybody, but I found that I had to work. I have to work with people who have integrity that aligns yeah. with mine. And yeah. when I started doing that, it was like, whoo. Yeah. And that's just this year. Yeah. And, and that's, that's so, so good. Um, yeah, for me, I mean, Money's a part of it. You, you've got to, so we have financial goals and uh, my, my wife and I uh, own our business together. And so we, we have financial goals, we, um, but we actually talk about impact goals as being the priority. So our impact goals are how do we impact people's lives, whether we get a return on that or not. Um, and so whether it's, you know, you don't make a whole lot of money off of a book, you make money off of all the other things that come with writing a book. But, but we've just said, we want to impact people's lives. And so uh, sometimes that means we're doing things for free. And sometimes that means we're doing things for uh, a lot of money, but it's, it, you know, you can't, uh, you can't say yes to everything. That's a big part of the book. You've got to learn to, to say no to a lot. But for us, it's about impact first and then secondarily about the finances. So what we haven't talked about this before. I didn't realize that you're in business with your wife. First, yeah. I want to know, how does that work? Sorry, wife. I don't want to get you in. Um, my husband is, he, he was in my business for a little bit, but it's better for us to have our own businesses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, for us, it works really well. We did, um, when, when I was with Chick-fil-A's, uh, one of Chick-fil-A's nonprofits, um, we actually uh, worked together for 15 years and, and we work really, really well together. Um, I'm very 
task focused. I'm very driven. She's highly relational and cares about the team and the people. And so when you put us together, uh, I, I tend to be the person who uh, focuses on, okay, what are the re results that our clients need and how do we get them there? And she's the one who focuses on how do we develop the relationships with our clients that are going to make results even better. Um, and so that, that works out uh, really, really well. And for us, it's just uh, a lot, you know, we've had years and years and years of refining it and, and working it out. So in the early stages, we had a lot of fights around, uh, around work. And then when we started our business, we really just kind of knew our separate places and how we work together. So we identify our priorities together, create the plan, which is kind of my part of it is, okay, here's the plan. Here's what you need to do. Here's what I need to do. And then we go do our thing and come back together. Hey there, my friend. I hope you're enjoying this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. I wanted to take a quick moment to invite you to join the Work Smarter, Not Harder Challenge. Over the course of 30 days, these free, yes, free, short videos will teach you a few of the systems and strategies I set up in my business so I can get away from my computer and back to the people I love. I invite you to sign up now at WorkSmarterNotHarderChallenge.com. Again, you can sign up at WorkSmarterNotHarderChallenge.com. So I started my business be, or when and because my husband was starting school to get his uh, independent game designer degree. Mm, okay. So he's an incredible artist, but it's very game. Mm. If I, you know, yeah. so, and when I work with business and life coaches, I haven't yet worked with one who wanted their whole brand to look like a, you know, 2D old schooler platform game. <laughs> right. So no, that would be totally cool. That would it be would amazing. I, Pat Flynn is probably the closest. I mm -hmm. love what he's done with his pod or with his personal site. Now go check yeah. it out, listeners. Okay. Put it in the links. But um, so that's how we that's how we were working together. He would I would get a request for a logo, and he would design something. And his artwork again is amazing but it's just not aligned with what my clients want. So now right. he's finished, he finished his degree mm. and now he's working on his games and it's the same here. Like I, there's been times that it, uh, he's the designer. He needs a developer. If you're watching this and you know of a great independent game developer, please send me a message. Okay. Cause that's where my husband needs help. Nice. nice. And I, I've thought about coding, you know, learning to code because I know all the tech stuff and I'm like, no, yeah. God's purpose for me is not to code my husband's video games. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to learn it. That's not, I've realized, I mean, this whole journey since that, you know, time in July, 2016 to now has made me realize what my purpose is. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I think I went, how old was I? 37. I'm 41 now. Mm. Uh, those first 37 years, I had no idea what my purpose was. I thought yeah. my purpose was to make money and support my family mm. by saying yes to everything. Yeah. That's yeah. a sad place to be in. Yeah. And it'll get you in a, in a, in a load of trouble. You know, when I, in, in the book, I talk about one of the, there's five steps to it. And, and one of the steps is you've got to deconstruct. And I talk about the, the, the busy people tend to default to yes. They say yes to everything. Mm -hmm. and, and especially, you know, really giving people almost this feeling of obligation. Like if you ask me to do it, I have to say yes. When really, if we want to get unbusy, which means this positive, purposeful, productive uh, action on what's most important to us, 
if we want to do that, then we have to learn to what I call default to know. And that's when somebody asks me to do something, my immediate response, even if I don't say it out loud, my immediate response is, no, that's not going to happen unless you can prove to me that it should happen. And so all of a sudden, the burden of proof is on convincing me that I should do it. That alone will free up so many hours worth of time and free you from so many unwanted commitments because you're just willing to say, mm, no, I'm not, I'm not convinced. I found myself, and this was where the, the huge transition at the end of 2019 came in, that, yeah, I was saying yes way too much. And in essence, I was enabling my clients to be lazy. Mm. by taking care of everything for them. I allowed scope creep to go ridiculously out of hand um, to the point of hundreds of hours of unpaid work. Oh, wow. I mean, yeah. um, Just to give you an idea, listeners, what happens when you don't reserve your nose, that resulted in us going into foreclosure at the Mm. end of 2019. We recovered. Like, we got out. But that was scary. And that was like a big lesson to me, but I realized, yeah, by, by continuously saying yes to people, I'm enabling them. And I don't, this is going to sound really cruel, cold. I don't, I don't want to enable laziness anymore. If for my clients anyway, because I do marketing and business automation, if it's really your business, then move your butt and do stuff. Don't expect me to do it all for free because I'm, I just won't anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to yeah. get it. <clears throat> Excuse me. You're going to get a revised contract and another invoice. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and along that, I also learned that in all those hundreds of hours that were given away to one person for free, I could have absolutely been refocusing that to producing content for free for the masses. Mm. So, you know, while there's a lot of people struggling to think what they could do for these past, how many months are we into it now? Like five months. Yeah. I'm like, heck no. I might have more non-client time right now, but I have so many ideas. Let's just work on the YouTube. Let's work on the podcast. Let's you know, build the brand, blog articles, all that stuff so I can be helping the masses because the more I help and these are the people I want to align with, the ones who are willing to give it away for free like you were talking about impactfully but the more that we give for free i'm gonna say to the masses you know they can't do it all they shouldn't do it all so they'll come back and ask for yeah support that they can pay us for in the future and that's totally acceptable yeah absolutely absolutely yeah what are you excited about in the next i don't know in the next 90 days and let's pretend that quarantine is not going on Sure. So I would say in the, in the next 90 days, I'm excited. So I, I uh, just, uh, even as we're recording this, I'm actually in the process of launching uh, or relaunching my 30 day uh, getting unbusy online course. Um, and so uh, f- for most people, uh, it, what I started realizing as I was helping people get unbusy and, you know, it, for me, it took years it was 2013 when I realized it, it was about 2018 where I finally took a step back and was like, Oh, okay. Not only do I know what busyness is, not only do I know how to get unbusy, but I can actually say I live an unbusy life. It took me five years to do that. And I was, and, and really the, the big reason I was able to do that is because I had a doctoral committee breathing down my neck. Like you have to do this, you have to get this done. And so 
I wanted to to convert it. So instead of it taking five years, it would take less than five weeks for a person to go from stressed and overwhelmed and exhausted to purposeful, productive, and peaceful because they've gotten unbusy. So that's one thing. I'm Say those super, three P's again. I just want yeah. people to hear that. Yeah. So, and, and it's part of the subtitle of the uh-huh. book is purpose, productivity, and peace. So purpose is knowing your why productivity is doing your why and then peace is resting in your why in other words i know why i exist and i'm okay with saying no to all of these other opportunities because they don't advance my big why in the world um so so yeah that's one thing i'm super excited about is the 30 day getting unbusy uh course that really takes people through in a very short period of time how to to get unbusy. Uh, so very excited about that. And then just having the opportunity to work with, with more and more uh, coaching clients who will say, hey, you know, maybe I can't do it in, in 30 days. I just need smaller chunks of time. And so I'll, I'll uh, have started doing more and more coaching with individuals and even with families on how do you get unbusy at home, at work, um, and, and really implement it into every area of your life. I love that you brought up families. I don't know if you know, but I, um, my friend Richie and I launched the Purposeful Parentpreneur podcast earlier this year. Yeah. So we'll talk about that after, after this, but, um, we're really looking at families and how, how entrepreneurial parents or parentpreneurs can interweave their family with it without disconnecting from their family. Yeah. And it all came about because we also realized that there's so much that goes on behind the scenes that we often hide. I mean, listeners, before we hopped on, uh, Garland said that, what, your back deck? Yeah, back deck right now. Your back deck might, might be d- destroyed. And, and, you know, I am so past perfection. Um, I mean, my cat was doing nasty stuff right behind me during a Facebook live yesterday. So I'm, I'm way past that, but we were on a call a couple years ago and one of my kids screamed at the other one of the kids, I'm going to kill you. And they were like four years old. And he's like, do you need to go take care of that? And I was like, Oh no, they're just playing Roblox and they're screaming across the house from one computer to the other. <laughs> he's like, this is totally the stuff that people need to hear. Yeah. Because so often, you know, and I'm over here even muting while I'm coughing or my kids are being surprisingly quiet right now. But I'd love to talk to you about that because as a mom of five, I mean, it's absolutely, it's crazy some days. I mean, I've got a 17-year-old who's looking at colleges. I have Mm. a 14-year-old who made the varsity soccer team. I have a first grader who's about to start soccer and she did Girl Scouts to remind me to come back to Girl Scouts. And then I have kindergartners this wow. year. Yeah. So, so I'm going to have another Girl Scout and a Boy Scout. And then the boy wants to do karate. And I think I read, maybe it was uh, the, the client that you were talking to, but when I was being raised, my family couldn't afford to to put me in stuff. If I wanted to take dance classes, I had to pay for it myself. And that's something that I haven't wanted for my kids to experience. But there's that, there's that line, right? I'm not signing them each up for five things. Like it's pushing me to have the the first grader in both soccer and Girl Scouts. And I told you I would come back to Girl Scouts last year when I was going through all this busy stuff. She wanted to join Girl Scouts. We went to the intro meeting And I was sitting there thinking, I need to control what night these meetings are on. Yeah. How am I going to do that? And then I got the brilliant idea. Why don't I become a troop leader? (laughs) 
and talk about that. busy. Oh, yeah. I did it. Yeah. I did it. So well, yeah. Thankfully, so by controlling the calendar on one area, you actually added a whole host of commitments oh in other areas. Yes. Thankfully, I mean, I have an awesome co-troop leader and she managed all the cookie sale stuff nice. this year. But for any mom who has a daughter who might be going into Girl Scouts, I want to let you know that if your business is busy, and I mean busy right now in a good way, not in a bad way, but if your life is already busy, do not commit to being a leader, okay? Mm. It's 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 a lot of work. I mean, yeah. I think she probably spent 100 hours, if not more, on cookie stuff. Oh, and, you know, I'm, I'm trying to find how to milk hundred hours out of my month to create my course. I yeah. love your course. I want to know how I can promote it because I can think of so many people who can need it right now. Yeah. But yeah. So in your family, how do you control busyness within your family now? Yeah. So, uh, so first thing I would say is you're going to love it when you get to toward the end of my book, I actually have a, uh, an entire chapter on drawing your family into un, unbusiness. So I think there are a couple of, of, of ways that we've controlled it as a family. Uh, first is uh, my wife, Dorothy, and I really had to embrace our authority as parents. We had to say, you know what, if, if we were the, if, if our family was a company, we would be the CEOs and we would be responsible to, to create create the culture that we felt was was good for our company. Well, it's the same as a parent. I am responsible as a parent for the culture that I create. And so the first thing that we did is we just started talking about being unbusy and we turned busy into a bad word for our family. So that was that was the first part is just embracing our authority as parents. And then the second part was as we started talking about unbusiness, we had to help our entire family change the way that we thought about our family. I, I think a lot of parents tend to think of each kid as an individual, right? And so, oh, yeah. you know, for, you know, for, for my oldest son, well, it's not too hard for, for Calvin to, you know, do these three activities. And it's not too hard for Sophie, my middle child, to do these three activities. And then Toby, these three activities. Well, all of a sudden, we have nine activities between the three of them or among the three of them. And then that doesn't even include anything that Dorothy and I want to do. So we really had to shift our thinking as a family to think of ourselves as a single unit and not as individuals within this unit. And so it started just becoming something where we would say, okay, let's, let's look at the, the, the seasons, right? If, if one kid is involved in uh, soccer, the season for that is, you know, from uh, from February until late May. And so that means that our other two kids during that time are going to diminish some of their activities a little bit. And, and so we just started really thinking of ourselves as a unit, and that had a huge effect on us. And then the, the third thing that we did is we started prioritizing together over to do. Um, and what I mean by that is, Instead of saying what activities are you doing, you'll you'll read it in the book. Yeah, prioritize together over to do. So instead of saying, you know, um, uh, here's all the activities that everybody's going to do, and we're going to do those in isolation, we started asking the question, how do we spend more time together, and then build individual activities around that. And so, um, if one kid uh, said, "I want to do karate lessons." 
uh, and I want to give those a try, we'd say, great, we're all going to try karate lessons. Let's do it together. Maybe, maybe we all love this. And um, if one kid's on a soccer team, then after every game, it was, we're going to get together and we're going to play soccer together as a family. So we'll cheer you on in your game. And then we're going to do things together. Let's make sure we have dinner together, even if it's not at the same time every night. Let's have an intentional dinner together uh, as many times a week as we can. So as we started prioritizing together over to do, that really gave us insight on what activities can't we fit into our lives. In 2018, I, I ate dinner with my family 10 times. Wow. And considering there are seven, uh, seven of us, and I do have twins, so they share a birthday. Okay, yeah. so there's, there's six birthday dinners, hmm. Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. Wow. And maybe one other. Yeah. Because I was so yeah. Busy. So, well, the, I mean, what's crazy is um, the, the most recent research that came out on family dinners found that there's good news and bad news. The, the good news is most families are eating dinner together five nights a week. What? That's pretty awesome. But the average time that they're together is between nine and 12 minutes. And, and is and the so, TV I mean, on? Yeah. And probably the TV is on during that time or they're in the car, they're grabbing fast food and, and oh. stuffing it down, you know, as so they go when to you the next say, day. when you say they're eating dinner together five nights a week, that could be in the car. Well, it could be if you're intentional about it. And that's really the key is it's one thing to say all of our bodies are in the same space and we're all feeding ourselves at the same time. But it's a completely different thing and a much more intentional way of doing life to say, even if we've only got a short period of time together, every person share your highs and your lows for the day. What's one lesson that you learned today? Uh, what, where did you fail today that you uh, want to do differently tomorrow? Um, what are you grateful for today? I mean, even little questions like that can turn a very short dinner into a very meaningful family experience. So we got a new TV earlier this year. My, the TV that we had, my husband had had since early 2000s. It was still okay. a flat screen, but back in the day when they cost a ridiculous amount of money. So we got this new TV. It's a smart TV, which we're still getting used to, right? Because we used to have the plug-in Roku. Right. But the old TV had a button that you could push on and off, right? Well, okay. the smart TV doesn't have any buttons on it. You need the remote. Right. And my son lost the remote earlier this week. So it went into screensaver mode and then shut down. And we haven't been able to find the remote. But usually every single night, my husband lets one of our littles, and we've got three, pick a movie to watch during dinner. Mm. Last night was the first dinner that I can remember in forever where there was not something on TV or yeah. an electronic distracting us. I absolutely loved it. Before we had the littles, before life really got crazy. And I think I, thank you. I want to go back there. We used to turn on Caleb every night and listen to it during dinner, mm. you know, just for the music. Yeah. But I think if we don't go back to that, even last night's conversation at the table was inappropriately uh, inappropriate because they love using potty words. I mean, they're five and six. Okay. So it was just <laughs> ridiculous. But the act of, just talking to each other was amazing. And with them going back to school, all of them finally in wow. a couple of weeks, I mean, we've never, we haven't had all of them in school in nearly two years. Wow. So, cause we, we pulled them out of daycare. We pulled the younger ones out of daycare. So this will be yeah. the first time in a while that they've all been out of the house during the day, please. 
Yeah. And <laughs> please. And, you know, I would love to have the roundtable discussion. So what happened in your class today? What did you do? Yeah. And I would so appreciate it, kiddos, if I don't hear poop or fart during the conversation. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I'll, let me let me give you one other idea on this that um, especially as you have older kids. So we just uh, did an experiment with this this summer and it has been awesome. Um, we actually have uh, each child plan and cook one meal a week. Now we have, uh, they, they have to create the menu or find, find it. They have to, um, they can get help from a parent if they need to in, in making it, but they make the meal and then they have no responsibility for cleaning up afterwards, Uh but, um, it has to be healthy. It has to have a vegetable at, at least in there somewhere. And it has to be something that everyone in our family uh, will at least eat or tolerate, you know, it, it, it can't have like, like I hate peas. So I'm always no peas, uh, are, are involved in it, but it's been so good for us. And it's been such a, a really incredible opportunity to affirm our children and have really intentional dinners as well, where they're a contributing member of the family. So my youngest is 10. So, um, you know, it's, it, they're a little bit older, but, uh, but yeah, it's been really cool. I love that. So my youngest won't be able to cook. Our our house would burn down. And I'm horrible <laughs> at cooking myself, but I would love that. And there's seven of us. So, yeah. you know, each of us could have that one night a week. And that would, that would actually really, my husband does all the cooking because I do all the burning. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, by bringing that in, I, I could help. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Or, or your edible. night, your night could be the eat out night every week or something. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not, but thank you. That's an amazing idea. Listeners. I would love to hear what you have uh, gathered as far as ahas go out of this episode so far. So if you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment down below, make sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel and turn on notifications so that you find out in the future when other videos go live If you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, please make sure to head on over to the show notes page at thekimsutton.com forward slash PP669. I had to remember what the episode number was for a second and leave a comment down below, but also make sure to leave a rating and review on on your listening platform because your rating and review will help the show get further exposure. So thank you so much. I have enjoyed every single second of this, Garland. I I am not stopping reading this. I mean, I enjoyed Good. taking it out yesterday to the dentist. I have an eye appointment on Sunday or on Saturday, so I'm going to be taking it there too. Um, <laughs> you know, until I get it done, because more people need to know about how to become unbusy. So, thank you. My pleasure. Where can listeners find you online, connect, and get to know more about you? Yeah, so there's there's two places um, that I would really encourage them to go to. One is uh, our, our company's website, which is Advance Leadership. So Advance, no D at the end. My last name is Vance, right? So AdvanceLeadership.live. Um, and that'll tell you about us as people and about some of the the, the coaching and the products and services we offer. Um, but you can also go to gettingunbusybook.com and uh, they can actually download six free chapters of the book. Um, and so that way uh, with it's getting, no G on the end, gettingunbusybook.com. 
uh, and you can get six free chapters. And there's also a free assessment there that lets you see how you score against the 20 best practices of highly productive, unbusy people. Gettingunbusy.com. Gettingunbusybook.com. Okay, I'm glad. I need to go there and I want to see how I score. <laughs> I'm writing that down right now. Listeners, I will leave that in the show notes what my score was. So I want I want to hear what yours <laughs> you was too. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much. I actually, this is just a random question, but it popped up earlier this morning in my head. Do you drink coffee? A lot of it, yes. Okay, if you could design your perfect coffee cup right now, what would it say? Ooh, well, I think I actually own my perfect coffee cup that was a gift to me. So I'm I'm a big Disney fan, um, and my favorite character is Timon, uh, mm-hmm. right there, as you can see by the the sticker. And and a a friend of mine gave me a Timon coffee mug uh, that's three yeah like three D and hand painted. And I, every time I drink from that mug, I just get so happy. And so I, so I think that's my perfect mug right now. So happy. So happy. Yes. <laughs> Love it. I don't know that that question just popped up earlier in the day. My, my littles have been coming out to me and saying, mom, you need to set up a merch shop. They're watching too much YouTube. <laughs> Go get my merch. <laughs> so I was like, huh, that could be interesting. Ask each guest what their perfect coffee cup would say yeah that would be fun that would be fun but that's just another idea and another way to make myself busy you know I don't really need that right now (laughs) do you have a parting piece of advice or a golden nugget that you can leave with listeners sure absolutely so um you know it it so many people complain about being stressed out about being overwhelmed about being exhausted and yet in the next breath we we brag about being busy and and, it, and that is the equivalent of somebody complaining about having lung cancer while bragging about they, uh, the fact that they smoke two packs a day. Busyness literally is killing you, and there's a way out of it, and, and you deserve it to get out of that busyness so that you can live the life you actually want to live and are designed to live. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. When I'm not podcasting, I'm supporting six to seven figure business coaches with their marketing automation and entrepreneurs like you through my coaching and mastermind programs. I want to invite you to visit thekimsutton.com to learn how I can help you take your business to the next level. (laughs) 